0: A word of warning: This podcast explores graphic and disturbing stories and includes some strong language. It therefore may not be suitable for our young listeners or other folks who may find it disturbing. Hello, and welcome to True Crime Daily, the podcast covering high-profile and under-the-radar cases from across the country every week. I am your host, Dana Garcia. We are recording this on Wednesday, January twelfth, twenty twenty-two. We're Yeah. (laughs) We're joined today by clinical and forensic neuropsychologist and author, Dr. Judy Ho, who is a friend of the show, an inspiration to me on Instagram, keeping me going in the darkest of days. How are you, Judy? I'm doing great and a happy new year.
1: Can you believe it? 2022? I keep writing this wrong date. That's going to happen for like three months. Right.
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, We've got some, you've got some great news. Our Dr. Judy is a brand new proud mama. Yay. Yay.
2: Oh,
1: it's been such a ride so far. Thank you, Anna. I mean, he is just the most amazing blessing for my husband and our entire family. And yes, it's COVID. It's been, you know, different having a child in COVID. You can't really see your extended family, especially right now with Omicron out there. Uh, But, you know, we look forward to that day when you'll get to actually meet everybody in person.
0: I know. He's beautiful. We we will not say, but we were very, very lucky. Owen and I got a chance to meet little baby yes. Luca before we started recording. Such a beautiful boy. Aww. Congratulations, Judy. He's a blessing. Thank you. Oh, he enjoyed meeting you guys. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. <laughs> Fascinated by true crime. Yeah. Uh, okay, Judy, let's get to our cases. This is what we're looking at this week. A California woman is stalked and killed while out driving for her job. She was allegedly, she was killed allegedly by her ex boyfriend who has a criminal past who may have previously threatened her. The suspect is charged after he's hospitalized with self inflicted stab wounds. Oh, and his mother is also charged as an accessory. It's an insane case and it's very, very disturbing because, you know, we always see this theme where. When someone is obsessed, you have an obsessed ex or stalker, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes they stop at nothing. They stop at nothing. Right. But first, here's another insane case. An off-duty officer in Alabama calls 911 to report the apparent suicide of a woman that he found in the parking lot of his apartment complex. Investigators soon discover that the victim, this woman who's passed, is the cop's Pregnant girlfriend who's visiting from out of town. Was it an argument or was it an ambush? The officer has been arrested and he is currently sitting in jail where he should be sitting. Mm-hmm. Now, Judy, there are so many things about this that obviously are very disturbing, very violent, but it, it's the fact that he was so bad at his alleged cover up of this whole mm-hmm. thing. Okay. This may be the lamest faking of a suicide I've seen. So the victim is found shot to death in her car, but there was no gun in the car. Please explain Mm -hmm. to me how you can kill yourself with a gun and your, you know, your body goes limp. How do you destroy the evidence? How do you get rid of the gun? Right? Right. Right. Wow. I mean, again, this is, as you
1: mentioned, an off-duty police officer. You would think that they've probably seen some really ridiculous, outrageous cover-ups over the years, being that that is his profession, uh, looking into reports such as these. And I don't think that he really had his head on right, yet maybe he thought he was still going to get away with it somehow. Maybe because he thought, well... I'm a police officer. People should trust my word. I mean, I don't know what he was thinking, but it just seems really odd because you would think that in his experience, he might have seen some really outrageous stories throughout the years.
0: I mean, it's just it's just stupid. It is a really stupid way of staging a murder to look like a suicide. It's completely illogical. And it's the first thing that responding officers said was like, well, wait a minute, if she killed herself, Where the hell is the gun? And then again, why would the fact that he called it in as a suicide? Immediately, Mm -hmm. all the red flags started going up. And remember, the responding officers are his colleagues, Okay. His colleagues. It's the same yep. department that's investigating this. Well, obviously, it didn't take cops very long to figure out something was very fishy here. 28 year old Huntsville police officer David McCoy is accused of killing 26 year old Courtney Spragans, who was pregnant with his baby girl. Mm. Okay. And while Courtney may have been carrying his child, the man is reportedly engaged to another woman. Okay. Ugh. So you can you can see where all of this is going. Courtney's parents are in agony and they are grieving because they never liked this guy. And they tried to keep her from driving the 10 hours to go see him. They really they begged her not to. In fact, they were so concerned that the entire way they wanted to hear from her. We need to know when you get there. You know, this is a grown woman and she's texting her dad. Dad, I got here. I'm safe. Well, she was only safe for a little while because within 30 minutes she had been killed. Wow. Horrific, horrific. When everyone in the family sees that this is bad and you, and it's like you see the out of control semi truck coming Mm -hmm. your way Mm -hmm. and -hmm. the parents are doing what they can to stop it. And it ends in the most horrific saddest way ever.
1: Well, and clearly the parents knew something was wrong in that they were tracking her this entire time as she was going to meet him. And they already had their antennas up But she's also a grown woman. She's allowed to make her own choices. And so there's only so much her parents could do other than just basically checking in and saying, are you there yet? How's it going? It was still her choice to meet him because she is an adult. They can't keep her from that. And I think that this just brings up the fact that there are so many relationships where it's sort of an insidious and gradual crash. It's not like all the red flags are there right away, right? It's the person starts to be a bit more controlling. Then they start to be a little bit abusive, but it's never really zero to a hundred. And I think that's probably why the parents also weren't necessarily saying we forbid you and we're going to do everything to stop you because they they only know what they know based on what she's telling them or what they've actually observed. And sometimes you don't see that in public.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to go back to the scene of the crime and we're going to fill in the gaps chronologically so you can see how this unfolded and and the evidence unfolded, because I always find that the most interesting. It's th- those flags that you see at the crime scene and how you piece things together. So Friday, January 7th, 2022, around 10 a.m., an off-duty officer in Madison, Alabama, which is on the outskirts of Huntsville, calls 911 and tells the dispatcher that shots were fired at the apartment complex where he lives Mm. and that that's where he's calling from the Weston ranch apartments. Okay. Now he's off duty. He lives there. Officer David McCoy tells the police that a woman has committed suicide in her car, which is parked in the parking lot of his complex. Now, Mm. Here, here's another bonehead move on this guy. Right. He, he, you know, he police say that he disposed of the murder weapon. Right. Okay. Cause that's not there. If you're going to kill someone, do you do it in the parking lot of where you live? Come on.
1: Help me. <laughs> I don't think this was very well thought out. I mean, this person seemed like he was just out of sorts from the beginning and I don't think this is quite organized. I, I don't think that he really thought through all the steps. I think he was just desperate and needed to find a cover up very quickly and just made up a story on the spot because he didn't know what to do.
0: Oh, what an idiot. Honestly, I mean, he just you do not pick this location that immediately like points the finger back at you. If you're going to do this, you got to know better than that. So the victim then is identified as 26-year-old Courtney Spragans, a mother of two children and who was seven months pregnant. Courtney was shot in the head. Oh, Right. So you know how brutal that is. And, you know, there, I always say there, there are two points. You either shoot someone in the face or in the heart, depending on where you are in your rage. Oh. So think about it. She allegedly commits suicide, kills herself. How amazing that there's an off-duty officer, like literally within seconds of right. the shots being fired right there to call it in. Amazing, mm. Jeez, what an incredible police officer. So he's there, he helps the responding officers. And then as we've said, investigators are absolutely baffled. How is it possible that she killed herself with a gun, shot herself in the head? But there is no weapon. Like, how is that possible? So, while the officer may have gotten rid of the gun, the idiot mm-hmm. left her phone there. Uh-huh. Oh. And there you go. Within minutes, The whole thing is unraveling because as the responding officers are looking at the phone to figure out, my goodness, what happened to this woman? Who is this woman? All that stuff. All of a sudden, there are not only photos, but text messages between her and our good Samaritan off-duty cop who has responded to the alleged suicide. Right. So, like I said, it took about a minute for the cops to figure out that Courtney... (laughs) Was not a random victim. She was actually Officer McCoy's girlfriend. And the text messages showed that there were some issues going on with the two of them. So. You know, obviously everything Mm -hmm. changes. David McCoy is arrested, placed on administrative leave, and the investigation has been turned over to the Alabama State Bureau of Investigation because you can't have the Huntsville Police Department investigating one of their own. That would be a conflict of interest. So it's been turned over to the state authorities to continue this murder investigation. Now, let's talk about their relationship. Let's talk about what was going on and why she was there. OK, yeah. so Courtney's originally from Georgia, but she lived in North Carolina and had recently moved back in with her parents in Maryland over stress uh, of this relationship she was having with David. So her parents describe their relationship as being very rocky on again, off again for two years. The two met on Tinder. Then she got pregnant. She miscarried. She gets pregnant again, is very happy. Um, mm-hmm. As we've said, she's a um A mom of two shares custody with the dad, the biological dad, previous relationship. Okay, so Courtney, who was seven months pregnant with a little girl, Mm. said that he, David McCoy, had threatened to kill himself because she was going to have the baby. Oh, my gosh. Right. So all the drama was about him. According to the parents, all about, yeah, it's all about me. I'm going to kill myself because you're pregnant. So uh, I guess part of what was going on, one of the reasons she made that 10 hour drive from Maryland down to Alabama Mm -hmm. was to talk to him. And the parents felt that she was being lured there. Mm -hmm. They suspect that this was a setup, that this wasn't just a honey, come down here. Let's talk this over kind of thing. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Judy?
1: Absolutely. I mean, again, the parents, they're protective of their daughter. They've seen some red flags in their relationship. Sounds like they were on and off rocky the whole time. And that he has made physical threats before. This was one of the reasons why the parents were concerned, because he had shown the propensity to potentially be violent. And of course, the threats, we don't know exactly what they are, but the parents knew about it. This was in the past she left when he made the threats, but when you're in love with somebody and when you're in a relationship, it's so hard to see clearly. And sometimes you might think, well, maybe this child is going to be what saves our relationship or, well, maybe it's going to change because he seems like he's in a better mood these days. I mean, you tell yourself certain things and it's hard until you get out of the relationship. If you're lucky enough to survive it and get out. And then you look in the rearview mirror and you say, wow, there were so many red flags. I'm so glad I got out. And unfortunately for Courtney, she's, she didn't see them in enough time and she didn't get out in enough time.
0: Yeah. The dad told the website al.com that uh, around Thanksgiving, there were some issues where he allegedly pulled out a gun. Uh, the father also told the website that uh, David had been sending her some money for gas, sent her money for gas, a hotel, and and that kind of stuff to be able to visit him in Alabama. The dad said that on the morning that Courtney headed out, she texted you know, as she was en route. And then the morning of January 7th, when she was murdered uh, at about 10 a.m., her dad got a text saying, daddy, I've arrived and I'm safe. And that just is like so heartbreaking because, you know, as a parent, when you uh, hear your child, no matter what their age, that they've just told you that they're safe, there's like a moment of breathing. It's like, yes, okay, good. She's safe. Only to find out, no, she wasn't safe. she's about she's walking into the arms of a monster based on what the parents are saying and what the authorities are saying about this and think
1: about how manipulative this man is because first as you mentioned he tries to threaten to kill himself so that puts her in this caretaking position like okay i have to rescue him right so who knows how much of that type of information was already given before she showed up maybe she thought okay i need to I, i can't just not show up you know i need to make sure the father of my child is going to be okay, you know, relationship or not. And maybe I just want to make sure this human being is okay. I mean, who knows when he started with that type of manipulation. And secondly, it's clear that he was ambivalent. It sounds like about the child. He didn't tell his parents about it. He is seven months into the pregnancy and he wasn't happy about it, but maybe there was a part of her that still had hope that Well, once he sees me and he sees that I'm seven months pregnant and how happy I am, maybe he'll change his mind. It's so hard, right? Um, She's so excited about being a mom. I think she was just really trying to make it work with this person who really didn't give her any courtesy back, again, with all of the manipulation that he showed. And when that didn't work, I think perhaps on the spot, he thought, well, then my Only other option is just to kill her because I don't want to have to father this child. I don't want to have to have those parental responsibilities or be tied to her in this way.
0: And, and that is the problem with how short-sighted some people can be when we see this over and over again. So killing her and the baby somehow is a more logical solution to your problem. This is insane. You just breaking up. (laughs) Oh my God. Then just breaking up and, and, you know, you two can decide whether, you know, what's going to happen as far as support, visitation, whatever, some of it, none of it really the stress of that is somehow worse you know, in your mind, you think it's easier to literally, in my eyes, he's killed two people. That's what he's charged. Yes. with. Yes. So, you know, he's charged with killing so one. He may very well be charged with a second count of murder, something that's being considered now by the prosecutors. That, right. Well, I think they
1: should consider it this is a absolutely. seven month old baby. So yeah. they're almost done cooking. You know, yep. at seven months, they can actually come out of the womb and have a I think I I forget the statistic, but it's something like an 80 to 90% survival rate at 32 weeks. So this is a, this is a child already, you know, and and it's just so
0: heartbreaking to think about in his moment, what he did, taking two lives at once. Absolutely. And, And that's why the parents have been very vocal and they've said, you know, repeatedly, we don't know if this was an ambush or an argument that is coming from their perspective. So Courtney's mother had a terrible feeling about this, and she kept begging her daughter not to go. Her mother, Kimberly Walter, told W.A.F.F. TV that she actually tried to stop her, but Courtney wouldn't hear of it. Here is a clip of an interview with Courtney's mother. This
2: monster Played God with my child. From understand he wasn't happy about this pregnancy. He took her out to her cornfield. He had his gun on him. He looked at her and apparently from understand it was in his truck. She said, David, what are you doing with that? And he says, I'm going to kill myself. I saw all the red flags. I begged her Courtney, don't go. Please don't go. It was the last text. Daddy, I'm here. He said, okay, be safe. That was around like 10, around, I want to say 10, 16. My daughter wasn't on this earth
0: you know, a mother's agony. She says, clearly I saw the red flags. I saw them for my daughter, but she did not. She did not, you know, they were there. They were there. Right. Right.
1: Uh, And again, when you're in that relationship yourself, um, you have selective memories. Sometimes I've worked with a lot of individuals who have had trauma in intimate relationships. And what happens is when the abuse is not happening in the moment and you try to recall your experiences oftentimes they'll recall the rosy parts of the experiences you know the the memories of the abuse can sometimes take a backseat to them remembering the person apologizing or showering them with gifts after an abusive episode promising they'll be different or even just earlier in courtship when they weren't abusive at all and those are the types of memories that keep them sometimes in that relationship, because if you continue to think about that, then you're sort of not thinking about the relationship in a really balanced and logical way. You're kind of only visiting the memories that are happy. And then you think maybe there's a chance for this relationship. And um, it's not a conscious process for most people. I think just you care about somebody, you want it to work, and then your brain just only goes over essentially the rosy parts of the picture. And there's always some rosiness to every relationship, even the really abusive ones. In fact, almost every abuser, they go back and forth, they, they abuse the person, and then they, they kind of have this period of contriteness where they apologize and they are the perfect boyfriend or husband or wife. And then it's just a
0: matter of time before the next one. It's a ticking time bomb. It's so strange for me because this is now the third crime that I've covered (sighs) in which a police officer has been charged with killing his pregnant girlfriend, woman he was having an affair with, and then tries to cover it up. I mean... It's shocking. And and I believe in this one. So all three of these cases that I can recall now. And again, she's found in or next to her car and, you know, it's set up to look like either a suicide or someone else did it. And I'm like shocked, shocked. Uh, Again, police officers, police officers. Oh, it's so, so upsetting. Well, Courtney Spragans, a little bit more on her, was a registered certified nursing assistant. She had recently been working in an animal clinic in North Carolina, according to the family. David McCoy is charged with capital murder of a person in a vehicle. He's being held in the Madison County Jail without bond. As we said earlier, prosecutors are considering a second charge of murder here. His preliminary hearing is scheduled for January 28th.
2: Mm. Oh
0: my goodness. It just didn't have to end this way. No. And I know that this is not
1: any way a consolation prize for the family, but I really do hope he gets, uh, the, uh, Full acts of the legal system, shall we say? I hope yeah. he gets the maximum penalty for what he has committed, because this is just atrocious. And this young lady um, had her whole life ahead of her and she had two other children. So now you've also robbed those two children of their mother. Um, this is devastating.
0: It is horrible. Before we move on to our next case, here is a quick word from Our sponsor. The new year is a great time to focus on what's most important to you, whether that's learning to cook, ordering less takeout, or prioritizing your wellness, HelloFresh is here to help with endless options to make cooking at home easy and enjoyable. HelloFresh delivers pre-portioned ingredients to your door, and everything is fresh, so you get both the quality and the convenience. There are 50 menu and market items to choose from every week, including veggie, calorie smart, family friendly, and gourmet options. They have something for everybody. Okay, so I received my first HelloFresh box. Total surprise. I said to HelloFresh, surprise me. I didn't even know what I was getting. Wow. Okay, we're going to show you at the end of this, my unboxing, but I can tell you that I made the pork chops. I followed their directions. I used their sauce. It was delicious. And then I kind of took the ingredients and then just did my own thing with it. I got the most beautiful potatoes. I love potatoes. I can't tell you how many potatoes I got, and they were fabulous. I mean, just gorgeous potatoes. Can you tell I love the potatoes? <laughs> anyway, so go to HelloFresh.com slash TCD16 and use code. TCD 16. That's for true crime daily for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. That's hellofresh.com slash TCD 16. Don't forget to use code TCD 16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Our next case is from Northern California, a woman driving for an online food delivery service is stabbed to death, allegedly by her ex-boyfriend, who then led police on a high speed pursuit before he finally crashed and his mother has also been charged in this crime. 35 year old Christina Raymond was working on Sunday, January 2nd. She was picking up and delivering food for DoorDash in Milpitas, which is a suburb of San Jose up in the San Francisco Bay Area. It was about 11 a.m. on a Sunday morning. So right broad daylight. Okay, we're setting the scene. Quiet Sunday. Not Mm -hmm. usually a lot of people out. Christina noticed that someone was following her. Then she recognized the driver. It was her ex-boyfriend, 42-year-old Anthony Juco. She broke up with Anthony back in October, but she recently started getting threats from hmm. him, threatening texts after she posted on social media that she had a new man in her life. So that apparently hmm. was the thing that that triggered this, according to police. So while she's being followed. You know, she's scared, obviously. Christina calls her current boyfriend. She tells him what's going on, why she's scared. So, according to police, multiple media reports, he then advises her to drive to the Milpitas police department, and and he sends her a text message with the address so she can seamlessly drive there, right? You know, police. And security experts are always telling us, if you think you're being followed or you think something's going on, drive to your nearest police station immediately. Mm -hmm. Go there. That will be the safest place to go. And that's what he says to her. Drive to the local police department. Here's how to get there. This to me is probably the most heartbreaking part of this because she was so close. So Mm -hmm. she goes ahead. She drives to the location and she apparently pulled into the wrong parking lot. Instead of pulling into the police parking lot, she pulled into public works parking lot, which oh. I guess was just on the other side of the building. I mean, you can think of you, you can put yourself in, in her inner in her mind at that moment. You're so stressed out. You've got this guy who you're afraid of who's following you. You are driving and trying to pay attention to where you're going to safely get. To the police station. Right. So there's a lot of things going on. And then that moment that you feel like, yes, okay, I'm here. I'm at the police station. And instead, she's like one parking lot over in the wrong place. Although, oh, my gosh, I wonder, Judy, given the violent nature of this attack, this murder and what then happened, I don't even know if it could have been stopped or prevented in the police parking lot given what happened?
1: I don't know. It was so fast. It was so fast. And the police are not necessarily surveilling their parking lot at all times at every second. Right. I mean, it just happens so quickly. It sounds like based on the phone call. And I, I'm. It it is really sad. And I was also thinking that maybe she pulled into the wrong parking lot because she was nervous. Of course, she was nervous. She was stressed out. She thought she had arrived at the address like, OK, this is the turn in lane. You know, I mean, I think she was probably pretty out of sorts at that time. And the fact that she was so afraid and so stressed out and called her current boyfriend means that there's a part of that new, the potential of her ex-boyfriend that, that he is capable of violence.
0: Yeah. And she was so close. So very close. All right. So now she's in the parking lot. Okay. It's broad daylight. It's a Sunday morning. So obviously no one's going to be at the public works department parking lot. Okay. Right. okay. So police say then Christina called her ex-stepmother from the parking lot. So she's calling several people, right? Because she's scared. Mm-hmm. Police say that the stepmother then hears Christina yell, stop. And then there's silence. Mm. And then the stepmother says that she heard Anthony Juco say, I'm sorry. Yeah. Listen, buddy, too late. Savior, I'm sorry, please give me yeah. a break. So now it's about 1242 and Milpitas police get a call from the current boyfriend, you know, the one who said to Christina, go to the police department. He says to them, look, my girlfriend just called me. She's scared. She says she's being followed by an ex-boyfriend who has a violent past. He's following her. She's scared. And she's in the parking lot. Um, can you please go check on her because because she's not responding. She's not responding to the current boyfriend. So while that's going on, okay, so now that the, you've got the, the current boyfriends like, where is she calling the police, trying to convince them that they have to go and look for her? back mm-hmm. to the scene of the crime. The San Jose Mercury News reports, that at the time that all of this was going on, Anthony's stepmother and his father were out shopping in the San Jose area. Okay. They're out and about on their Sunday. And then Anthony Juco's mother gets a call and goes to meet Anthony Juco at a McDonald's parking lot, which is about Half a mile north of the police station. So you you really need to picture this. Now you have Anthony Jugo's extended family: dad, stepmom, biological mom, meeting him, meeting him at a McDonald's parking lot, half a mile from the scene of the crime. Oh my God! He's driving Christina's oh car. God. Oh my God! He's driving her 2007 Toyota Camry. Oh my God! And she. She is there, bloody, bloody in the backseat. Oh Can you believe gosh. this? Okay, so it's all ridiculous. this is happening at the McDonald's parking lot. But of those three people there, you know, looking at Anthony, he's in a stolen car. He's got a woman who either is dead or is dying in the car. And not one of them calls the police. That's not When you think of a family meeting, this is not what I expect a family to do in a crisis. My opinion, okay? Is this unbelievable? Okay, but here's what ridiculous. This is ridiculous. I'm so angry at all of them. I'm so angry at them all. Okay, you know what they did do? They went into (sighs) McDonald's to get Anthony something to drink. My goodness. God help us, God help us. Okay, this is the incredible reporting of the Mercury News. Now surveillance video from the parking lot supports all of this, shows them meeting. Then they see Juco's father, this is according to the Merc News, taking the keys and a bloody knife that was on the car dashboard. (sighs) What do you do with these people? What do you do with them? Uh, I'm so, so mad immediately. At them.
1: They were on board to cover this up. I mean, that's so crazy to me. It's like, what was, what was the conversation like? Okay. No, no, no real problem. We see your ex girlfriend in the seat of her own back seat of her own vehicle, bloody and obviously dead. And yeah, let's go get a drink and uh, get you and something to eat and refresh. Yeah. yeah. And uh, let me just take the, 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 the murder weapon from you and the keys because this is all normal. I mean, I just have no idea what that conversation was like and how quickly they just essentially sprung into action, covering up their son's tracks. I mean, that, that to me is outrageous.
0: Yeah, it really is. It really is outrageous how they handled this situation before them again, substantiated by the surveillance video of the parking lot. So now the Mercury news says that about 20 minutes later, Juco's mother, who's been identified as Simona Atondo, Simona Atondo, she then takes the keys to the Camry from Anthony's father, okay? So mom takes the keys from dad. The mother and Anthony then drive away from the McDonald's. I don't know what the plan was, but... Remember, while all of this is going on with the Juco family, on the other side, you have the police department who is getting the call from the current boyfriend. They're trying to find her. They've taken him seriously. And in fact, the current boyfriend is using Christina's cell phone and GPS to track where her car is. Right. So presumably she, the car and the phone are all moving at the same time. So he's giving police real-time updates that's what leads the police to the mcdonald's parking lot so as they're arriving anthony and his mother are leaving and boom there you go high-speed pursuit he blows a tire trying to get out of there um when the when the tire hits the curb this this pursuit goes on for some time until anthony juco who was driving and of course he wouldn't stop finally about three miles later crashes the car. Now, one thing that is very unclear here is whether the mother was still in the car at the time that the crash or did she get out at another Mm -hmm. point? We really don't know the answer to that. So according to the responding officers, as they finally get up close to the car, they say that they see Anthony Juco making stabbing motions as if he's stabbing himself. Remember, the murder weapon has been identified as a knife and Christina was stabbed to death. So Anthony Juco is hospitalized because he has stabbed himself. Christina Christina is still in the backseat of the car. She is already pronounced dead at the scene. The coroner in the coroner's investigation has revealed that Christina suffered at least twenty-four stab wounds oh. to her body. Of course, a full aut- autopsy is still pending. Is this just
1: unbelievable? It is unbelievable. I <sighs> again, um, what a coward! Yeah, that when he was arrested, that he basically inflicted self harm to what I, I don't know what that was to try to get out of the charges, to try to not deal with what he's done. Um, clearly he's not okay. Uh, There's something going on here where he has a history of violent behaviors. And for whatever reason, he felt like a way to deal with the consequences once he was caught was to what, maybe kill himself also. I mean, when you hear about these murders, suicides or murder, attempted suicide, or, you know, this type of pattern, it always makes me so mad because the person is not willing to actually face up to what they did. And they're trying to take themselves out in the process so that they don't have to go through that long and arduous process of the legal system and possibly being in prison for life and whatever else is on deck for them. And that, that makes me really, really upset. You have the balls to be able to stab your ex girlfriend 24 times, but you don't have the balls to, be arrested and deal with what you did and you go to your family and your family actually covers all of this up for you. I mean, I, I don't know what to make of that, you know, that that he was raised essentially in a family where they, they are condoning in many ways what he's done.
0: Yeah, it, it does appear that way, right? Uh, and we don't yeah. know all the facts we have no idea you know what the discussion was whether it's possible that the family's like you've got to turn yourself into police give me those keys give me that mm-hmm. weapon like it, it is possible that the father was actually trying to disarm him and stop him from going anywhere mm-hmm. by taking the keys and remember it's the mother who then grabs the keys from the father and is like, mm-hmm. we're out of here. So mm-hmm. you know, it, it is possible. We will I will give them that much, you know, that that it you could interpret it that way because remember, only the mother, the biological mother, has been charged in connection. Right. The others were not. So it's possible that the surveillance video and, and witness accounts supports what, it, you know, that they may have been trying to stop him and trying to calm him down to get to the police. And police uh-huh. did find Juco's car parked across from the police station. I mean, that's that's where I find oh. this agonizing. So, so close, so close to safety. But no, there was no way. So Juco's mother, who's 60 years old has been arrested. She was arrested later that night. She was charged with accessory to murder after the fact. Mm. She was arraigned on January. Um, She she was arraigned and she was then released with supervised electronic monitoring. Now, after Mm. Anthony was released from the hospital, he was booked and charged with stalking and murder. He is being held without bond in the Santa Clara County Jail. The Mercury News reports that Juco has a long list of domestic violence, including multiple restraining orders from two women who have children with him, which leads me to believe that maybe what was going on in that parking lot with the dad trying to take the keys away, trying to take the knife away was he may very well have known my son is a violent man. And if I don't try and contain this situation, he could go berserk at a McDonald's on a Sunday morning. Hmm. I, I don't really think that's so far fetched, given his history. So in 2005, he was charged with three incidents of making violent threats. He pleaded no contest to assault with intent to commit a sex offense and was sentenced to two years in prison. So he's also on the sex offender registry list. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And so police have confirmed that on New Year's Eve, so this was, you know, really right before the killing, that Juco started sending threatening messages to Christina because that's when she posted the photo that on social media that she had a new guy. And um, uh. just, this is just, oh, it's so tragic. So, so tragic. So tragic. And this man
1: has such a long rap sheet and a rap sheet is full of violent history. Um, It's just so sad that there wasn't better containment for this person. I mean, I know that you can't just put somebody in prison forever. I mean, they get their day and they get released. But how do we protect the rest of the public and the people that these individuals are in relationship with? Because there's of only very small proportion of people who truly can be rehabilitated in a way where they really see the error of their ways and they're not gonna impinge on society anymore. It's not that there's no chance of that, it's just that it's a relatively small proportion of this type of person, this type of profile. The majority of them, essentially, they're not gonna have the conscience to say, I'm not going to do these things anymore, nor do they have the will to care about getting better or recovering from whatever um, affliction they may have mentally. And then it's really about containment. It's about how much can the legal system, people in the community contain this person so they don't commit any acts. But that's more of a shackling approach as opposed to we believe this person has changed. And so It doesn't really usually work out that well, but I don't know what a better answer is. Anna. I don't I mean, again, you know, we can't just keep these people in prison forever. So then what do we do when they're released? And yet they haven't been rehabilitated from the inside out.
0: He was clearly out of control. And it makes me wonder that even if Christina had pulled into the right parking lot, the fact that he was so out of control could any signs of a police department or an officer walking by have caused him to restrain himself? I don't think so. You're absolutely right. I mean, he was right next door to the police department and he still did. it. So
1: that is how impulsive this person is. Right. This is not someone who would say, oh, man, we're in eyesight of the police department. I'm not going to do this here. Day in place. Right. No. I mean, so I unfortunately, I think you're right. You know, unless she was physically inside the police department at the time, I I don't
0: know how much this could have been prevented. I know. And he could have jumped her trying to get into the police department, you know, because I I, as a crime reporter and I've been in L.A. a long time, I kind of know where quite a few police departments are. And I know where my local police department is. And I drive by it all the time. And the thing is that the parking lot for my local LAPD division is gated. And so mm-hmm. there there is no parking lot for this LAPD station. It, it, it's right. gated. So if I were to pull up, I would literally have to like abandon my car in the street and run to the front door. And what I don't know is if the front door has got a buzzer. Do you know what I mean? Right. Because that's just right. how some, you know, police departments yeah, are.
1: They're all so different. Right. Exactly.
0: Each police department <sighs> is, is different, completely, completely different. So but nonetheless, wow. that should have been something that that should have given him pause or would give any right. criminal pause to literally be within eyesight of a police department and patrol cars. But it did not have a chilling effect on him. It didn't stop right. him. And I don't think he could have been stopped. And that is the saddest part of this whole thing.
1: Right. And I will say, too, I know that they will both get their day in court and we'll find out more details. But we do find that one of the risk factors of a person becoming violent and having this kind of long rap sheet, one of the risk factors, a possibility is that they grew up in a family that rewarded crime somehow or they grew up with family members who committed crimes themselves. Um, And you would have to imagine exactly what kind of state of mind this mother's been in her own history to essentially be so quick to essentially jump to her son's aid. Right. Um, And again, I don't know exactly what um, her, his mother is like and what his history, her, her history is like, but it is one of the known risk factors from research Anna, that. When people grow up in a family that rewards crime or their parents also committed crimes, they are more likely to do it themselves and not really think it's a big deal, basically. Like, this is just how we solve problems, you know, as opposed to, whoa, this could get me in jail. This could get me in trouble. This is just not the right thing to do. They don't learn those lessons at a pivotal point in their lives where they're supposed to be learning these types of lessons.
0: Well, where exactly did she think she was going to go in a stolen car with a dead woman in the back? And her bloody son, like where exactly what was her plan? Where were they going? How was she going to fix this? Unless she was driving to the police department, which I do not think otherwise. Otherwise, (laughs) right. He would have stopped when the cops pulled into the parking lot of McDonald's. Right. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, Judy. It is time for our comment section and our producer, Owen. Michael is here always monitoring social media. And as Judy and I were just saying, oh, thank God for Owen, because really yes. these last two cases so heavy. Owen, please uh, tell us something else.
2: Hello, Anna. Hello, Dr. Judy. Uh, I have a good one for you. Here's a real uh, doozy of a story here. we got uh, this is out of South Carolina. On December 28th, 63-year-old Gina McGeehee allegedly took her juvenile nephew, whose age was not given, to a local jail in Charleston, South Carolina, and left him there. She's reportedly his legal guardian. She said he used her cell phone to look up unsuitable material, so she took him to jail. Uh, Sheriff's deputies contacted her and told her to come back and pick him up, but she refused. She said, uh, I'm not going back there. He's your problem now. An arrest warrant was issued, so she showed up at the sheriff's station. But when deputies tried to handcuff her, she allegedly took a, deputy, a deputy's taser from his holster and said, I don't know what I'm grabbing, but I'm going to use it. She was restrained and put into a squad car where she reportedly held her breath until she passed out. Prompting oh my God. E- <laughs> that prompted an EMS response. Then she reportedly bit one of the paramedics in the groin area. Oh my. She was uh crazy. Oh she uh was, of course, booked on multiple charges, including assault and battery, unlawful conduct, and uh threatening a public official. Uh quite a series of events there. Durbin H said, uh, she needs to go to Hollywood with all that action. Dang. Yeah. John H said it's likely it's like they tried to fit as much insanity into the story as possible. This is true. Uh, Carla Kay said, I'm 10 years younger than her, and I just wish I had that much energy, LOL, but I wouldn't <laughs> use that energy to assault people, of course. Anna T said, how's your 2022 going? It can't be as bad as this woman's. And Mike W, is she single?
0: Oh, oh my God. Oh. Oh you know, it sounds a little fun. You know, in a twisted way, in a really twisted way, she did that child a favor by dropping him off at the police station. Clearly, that was the safest place for this child in her own twisted mind. She may not have realized it, but she was able to buffer him from the insanity that was about to ensue. There is so much in the right place uh,
2: uh, by accident. Sorry, Dr. Judy. Yes.
0: No, absolutely. And there's so
1: much drama. I mean, it's just, it's, it's like she's trying to up her own auntie, like beat herself at her own antics. This is insane. You know, it just, come on people like let, and also for the person who commented, is she single? Probably a joke, but I will say that there are some people who do look for chaos. So, you know, it's like, Hey, this person's going to keep me on my toes. They might be really exciting to date. Yeah. Until they bite you in the groin. Then what? Do yes. You know?
2: <laughs> yes. This is uh, th- th- that's she's th- a, that's the th- 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 <laughs> flip side of the coin there. Yeah, we have yeah. a podcast full of uh, bad decisions today, unfortunately, and just cascading I, bad decisions. So yeah. word of the wise.
0: Yep. Yes. Thank you, Owen. See you next Thanks, week. Owen.
2: Bye, right, guys. See you next week.
0: <laughs> Bye. Well, that is our program for this week. Dr. Judy, before you go, I was looking at your Instagram post the other day where you were talking about this issue of the struggle with goals and resolutions and just like not putting so much pressure on yourself. So take us out on a little happy thought here to help us.
1: Oh, absolutely. It's always great when people want to make new year resolutions, but trying to think that you're gonna change all of your bad habits all in the span of one day, just cause it's January 1st, is not realistic. And you're just gonna end up taking yourself down this self-sabotaging path instead and feeling really critical of yourself. So make your healthy goals whenever you want. Make sure that you take a little time to give yourself time to create those positive steps. So it takes like a month or so before a habit really feels ingrained and and, and regular and normal and systematic. So give yourself that grace period, okay? And don't be so mean to yourself in this new year. That's my positive thought of the day. I'll take it.
0: I'm hungry for it. Thank you. I appreciate it. (laughs) Judy, where can people find you if they need these words of wisdom to ground them? Oh, thank you. Anna. And thanks for always supporting all of my
1: posts. And I love that we get to follow each other and, and get to have some lightness um, because when we meet, we talk about these really dark cases. And so it's great to be able to see your posts and they're awesome on Instagram as well. But you guys can find me on Instagram at Dr. Judy Ho, or you can go to my website, Dr. Judy Ho, D-R-J-U-D-Y-H-O.com.
0: Excellent, thanks, Judy. I'm Anna G. News on all social media. Of course, you know where you can find all our episodes. Wherever you get your podcast, you can find this and so many more episodes that we have for you. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel, True Crime Daily. That's our channel. Um, sign up to receive our newsletter at truecrimedaily.com. Until next week, this is True Crime Daily, the podcast. I'm your host, Anna Garcia, and as we always say. Don't do crime.